0: Hi, this is Steve Sleeper, producer of the North Omaha History Podcast. It's a volunteer effort, but you can help us meet expenses by becoming a patron for as little as a dollar a month. Go to patreon.com slash Omaha. The list of patrons and the link to Patreon is in the show notes. You can also help by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star review. Thanks. Welcome to the North Omaha History Podcast with noted author and historian Adam Fletcher Sasse. Each week, Adam takes you on a guided tour through Omaha's dynamic past. Originally envisioned as an interstate highway to connect I-480 with I-680, the North Freeway is one of the most controversial street projects in Omaha history. By developing a major highway through the heart of North Omaha, the government physically sliced Omaha's historical African-American neighborhood in half, leaving a legacy of controversy and discrimination continuing today. So, Adam, you've got a history of the North Freeway.
1: Steve, I want to start with five fast facts. The first fact. Planning for the North Freeway began in 1944 with the Federal Highway Act. The original cost of the second fact, the original cost of the North-South Free- Highway 75 Freeway, all the way from South Omaha all the way up to I-680, was estimated at $2.5 bucks in 1944. In the course of construction, more than 2,000 structures were demolished to make way for the North Freeway. That's fact number three. Fact number four. There have been at least three formal proposals to name the North Freeway after Martin Luther King Jr. since 1969. And fast fact number five. Right now, today in 2022, there's a plan to build a bridge from the Storrs Expressway to I-680 connecting the North Freeway to I-680 and completing the vision from more than 70 years ago. Those are five fast facts about the North Freeway. So let's get into the story. Steve, 1944. Imagine America back then. The tension of World War II was at its peak. All of the determination of the fascist Nazis was grinding down on the American troops in Europe. All of the pressure and tension of the Japanese emperor was binding down on the American troops in Asia. And the fact of the matter is Omaha was at war you had all these plants geared up and operating quickly. You had all these women in the plants working the factories because the men were off to battle. The men who were left in the community were leading and determining how to support America and how to really take that war effort to the next level. The United States government did a lot of things in Omaha in World War II and leading up to the war. But one of the most important ones, one of the most the biggest things that affected the city in World War II was the determination of the Federal Highway Act. The Federal Highway Act was passed by the U.S. Congress, signed into law by the president in 1944, and what it did was say to America, we're going to whip up some highways and put them all over the country. This is going to be a connected system of highways that's going to move the military quickly from point A to point Z and everywhere in between as we need it, when we need it to be prepared. Now, the highways didn't start rolling out right away. 1944 was about 10 years before any serious planning was underway. But as early as 1944, the Fed said, we want a highway cutting right through Omaha. And the city leaders agreed and the state leaders agreed. 10 years later, 1954, they laid out this $2.5 million plan that would connect a brand new interstate highway on the south end. It was going to, it, it had a name, Route Five, I believe. Uh, Route five was going to run in the south part of Omaha, connecting Omaha to the rest of the United States from San Francisco to Philadelphia. And uh, that highway became called Interstate 80. The vision was for a highway to cut north and south from Interstate 80 to a brand new Interstate Highway on the north end of Omaha, just south of the Ponca Hills, that was going to eventually be called Interstate 680. Now, this vision for this highway in between these two, it was called Interstate 580. And it was going to run north-south and cost $2.5 million to construct. The original estimates for that highway were to demolish more than 10,000 structures from I-80 to I-680. The North Freeway itself, there were so many different options, as many as 17 different routes that were under consideration for the section that was going to run from approximately Dodge Street to approximately I-680. Seventeen different options, Steve. Some of them went as far west as North 33rd Street and even jogged further west still. Some of them went as far east as down to Abbott Drive. Some of them took over the railway section that's just east of North 14th Street. Some of them plowed right through the heart of the black neighborhood. In all these considerations, which one won out? That's right, the one that plowed right through the heart of them. Omaha's historical African-American neighborhood. The plan was simple. You take one solid city block from North 27th Avenue to North 28th Street, from approximately Dodge Street all the way north to I-680. You plow down every single house and church and business and school along the way And you lay in this big rolling ton of tons and tons and tons of concrete. Well, they didn't win out. Those plans actually did not get passed. The one that ended up getting passed was the one that specifically sacrificed the African-American neighborhood. And specifically went from approximately Cummings Street or the I-480 exchange between the North Freeway, I-480, and the Kennedy Freeway. From that area right there, all the way north to Grand Avenue. Well, we'll get into that in a minute. You see, that planning, those military purposes, they informed that whole process from 1944 all the way until the first construction began. Leading up to there, there was almost so much rationalization for building the North Freeway. They wanted quicker movement from Nebraska's cow farms that were north and west of Omaha. They wanted quicker movement into the stockyards, and they used that as an economic rationale. They wanted quicker movement into downtown Omaha to ensure the downtown core's relevancy for the next 50 to 100 years. They wanted an opportunity, and, and all of these were used as rationale. They wanted an opportunity to promote economic development along the freeway. And they saw that the way was to demolish this, these city blocks and to lay down six lanes of concrete. And really move people through the area. That was all the rationale that was shared. But in reality, Steve, so much more went into it. You see, Omaha in the 1940s was really concerned, after the war ended especially, with how do we build more houses? How do we get more people spending more money? And specifically, how do we isolate the black community, separate the black community, and begin to re- developed the black community in the vision of white Omaha. By the 1950s, North Omaha had been segregated by law for more than two decades, by practice for more than five decades. We know that that housing segregation began in North Omaha as early as 1902, but that it really formalized in 1919. When the U.S. Army drew a red line around the community and said, blacks, stay inside this space and we'll keep the white mob away from you during the Will Brown riot. And then it was reinforced in 1934 when the United States Federal Homeowners Loan Corporation reinforced that redlining by working with Omaha real estate agents, insurance agents, civic leaders and homeowners, landlords. And saying, hey, how do we keep black people in this area? Well, by the 1940s, they saw the flaw in that, in that they couldn't control that area as well as they wanted to. And so they used the highway as a dividing line to separate the black community, to mitigate the political and economic power of the black community and that concentrated black dollar, and to isolate the black people who lived in. To the east of the North Freeway. Now all this sounds a little bit esoteric and a little bit conspiratorial, but Steve, I promise you it's none of that. I've done the research. I've read the newspapers. I've read the federal reports. I've read all of the political documentation from the legislature and the city council as much as I could get my hands on. And all of it reiterates this over and over this opinion, belief and reality that the North Freeway was used determinedly to bludgeon the black community in half. Now, by 1966, the construction was beginning to rattle. There were giant tractors out on the lands and things were getting torn down left and right. You know, one of the areas that got hit right away was downtown Omaha. Now, that's the I-480 and the way that it cut across the river right there and still does today. It hit the neighborhood that was the original near north side from Dodge Street to Cumming from about 7th Street to about 24th. That near north side area actually had Omaha's original black community as well as original Jewish community, original Scandinavian community, original Chinese community, and so many other ethnic groups were right in that region, south of coming down the Dodge, east of 24th Street. And the bulldozers came in 1966, and they started knocking down buildings. They demolished neighborhood after neighborhood. One of the biggest neighborhoods that they took a hit on was the Jefferson Square neighborhood. We've talked about that a little bit in the past. Jefferson Square was one of the first neighborhoods in Omaha. It's where the original city park was for Omaha. They demolished it. The park, the neighborhood, the whole thing. Some of the neighborhood still stands, well, at least one piece, in the form of the beloved pastry shop. Go down to Pettit's and have a donut today, by the way. Now, in the meantime, those tractors kept going. They went over by Creighton University, just south of Creighton, and they continued to bulldoze. There was a neighborhood there, Steve, houses and buildings and churches and businesses and parks all along that area. Two schools were wiped out uh, right in that area, including the Webster School, which was at approximately 28th in California. And then the other school that was taken out for construction was called the Central School, and it was on Dodge Street. Anyhow, all of that was demolished, and then they aimed north. And when they turned north, they started taking out houses immediately at Dodge Street. That's right, Steve, houses filling in that area from Creighton University West to 30th Street. Now, the rest of that area would eventually be torn down and filled in with a gigantic hospital, eventually called Creighton University St. Joseph's Hospital, But in the meantime, they warmed up that area for demolition when the freeway came through. And the bulldozers kept going. The first section of the freeway to be completed, the North Freeway to be completed, was from Cumming Street up to Lake Street. The second section to be completed was from approximately Lake Street all the way up to Ames Avenue. And then the last section to be completed was from Ames Avenue around Grand Avenue up to 30th Street. When I was living in the Miller Park neighborhood in the 1980s, we called it the construction site. We weren't quite sure what was going in there, something about a freeway, but as kids, we didn't know. What we did know was how to ride our dirt bikes over the dirt mounds that were all over the place, and we knew how to throw junk down the sewage pipes that were being installed, and on and on, all kinds of things. But the point is, We knew that that construction site had been there for a long time, and it was continuing to be there. It seemed like forever. The protests began almost immediately as soon as the bulldozers hit the ground. African-American leaders, including Ernie Chambers, as well as many ministers and other public figures, began to speak out immediately. Ernie Chambers' analysis from the jump, from the very beginning, was that the purpose of the freeway was to separate the black community was to demolish neighborhoods and was to eliminate the concentration of economic power of black people in North Omaha. Ernie proved right, and any data analysis today shows that that economic ability of African Americans and that concentrated force that used to sit at 24th and Lake, that used to be all along 24th Street, that went from coming all the way up to Ames, that was immediately dispatched with as soon as the freeways went in. Oh, simultaneously to that original freeway construction, there were protests. There were people at City Hall. There was picketing. There was all kinds of testimony. And there were also riots. That's right, Steve. From 1966 to 69, North Omaha experienced four major riots that happened almost in conjunction to the development of the North Freeway. Coincidence? I think not. But what we do know is that the North Freeway did a thing by separating the neighborhood and by being that dividing line. It moved white people from far north Omaha, from Florence and Minnalusa and Miller Park, from Belvedere and all points west. It moved them through that north Omaha region south of Ames Street very fast and without having to interact with the black community reinforcing the role of white supremacy in Omaha, Nebraska. So all of this concentration, all of this development looked like two berms going down the east and west sides of the freeway. We know those berms today. Whenever you drive down the freeway, you can see them. They're gigantic hillsides that were created by digging the dirt out. They lowered the elevation of the freeway below the neighborhood to give it a feeling of physical separation so that drivers didn't feel connected to the physical place that they were driving through they put limited on-ramps and off-ramps along the entire freeway they didn't put them on every street they didn't put them on every three streets instead they sporadically scattered them in as it worked but not more just less and then finally they completed this the entire puzzle by adding more freeways to the North End, you see the Miller Park, Mino, and Florence neighborhoods banded together in the 1960s to fight the completion of the North Freeway, connecting through their neighborhoods up to I-680. And who led those neighborhoods in doing that? That's right. white homeowners. the white homeowners went to the city council and in all of the protests and in all of the picketing that African Americans did that didn't work, all of the protests and all of the picketing that white people did did work. And so the North Freeway ended up being completed, finished, stopped at Grand Avenue. And from Grand Avenue, the city of Omaha, by the end of that construction phase, had started developing two new freeways. But instead of referring to them as freeways, they called them city streets, just with different names than they'd ever used before. One was called the Arthur C. Stores Expressway, and it wound from the North Freeway end— at Grand Avenue, all the way down to Abbott Drive, straight to Epley Airfield in downtown Omaha. The other freeway, which again was called the City Street, was called Sorenson Parkway. And it was proposed to be an extension of Omaha's historical boulevard system. And it wound from 30th Street all the way out to the Blair High Road. And Stephen, doing this, the city of Omaha mitigated The loss of that connection of the North Freeway to I-680. Instead, they turned the North Freeway into a pipeline to move people quickly through North Omaha to get past African Americans, to get past the low-income community, and get directly to the heart of downtown Omaha by leaving behind all the neighborhoods in between. Oh, and don't think it's over, Steve. The plans still go on today. And again, this is not conspiracy. This is all driven by research and data. But what the data shows and what the plans sh- say is that the city of Omaha, the state of Nebraska, and the United States Federal Highway Administration have a plan. It's called the 2035 plan, and the idea is to connect the stores Expressway all the way to I-680 using a bridge across the Missouri River right around North 16th Street. That's right. They're going to build a big bridge, and it's going to connect the stores Expressway to I-680 in Iowa. When they do this, they will complete the vision from 70 years ago. And that entire diminishment of the black community, when they first separated that core area into two along 27th Avenue, will be finished. The dividing lines will have been drawn. People will be shuttled through North Omaha without ever needing to stop. And the highway isn't finished. So what to know from this podcast, Steve? Three main points. First thing, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The highway isn't done. It's going to keep going. They're going to develop this thing until it completes and it has a little bow on it. The second thing, though, and I haven't mentioned this yet, is that the community isn't finished either. North Omaha continues to grow and process and progress and its history continues to be alive because people are still challenging the North Freeway. Steve, there are actually movements to get rid of the North Freeway entirely. The Omaha Magazine, The Reader, uh, and different academic papers from the University of Nebraska and Creighton have all looked at eliminating the North Freeway. Not just reducing it, but entirely getting rid of it. So the community isn't finished. They're still in protest. Oh, by the way, the North Omaha Trail just opened up, Steve. It's a way of subverting the effect of the freeway by putting a bicycle trail the entire distance of the freeway. That four miles, a bike route, the entire way to tie together North Omaha and to give them a healthy way to transport themselves and to stop relying on the freeway as a funnel. So what to know? The freeway isn't finished, the community isn't finished, and there are potential futures that move the North Freeway into the vast future without continuing to be harmful to North Omaha. That's a little bit about the history of the North Freeway, Steve, and that's what to know. Thanks for listening to the North
0: Omaha History Podcast with noted author and historian Adam Fletcher Sassy. Join us next week as Adam takes you on another guided tour through Omaha's dynamic past.